The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Oh. Good afternoon, Big Sills National Football Show. Hang on for a minute. Hang on. I usually do this at the end of the show. I got to take this call. I got to take this call. Okay, hang on for a minute. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I, got, I got about 10 seconds, but I'm actually doing the show live right now, the National Football Show. Hang on. Hang on, Tyler. Hang on, Tyler, for a second. Guys, do me a favor. Hit the like button, okay? I appreciate everybody coming aboard. Hang on for a second, Tyler. Hit the like button. I'm going to be right with you. Brandon Graham said he was watching Merritt. Okay, listen. Yes, Brandon Graham was on our network. He, he was a show called Sports Take. Uh-huh. And he, wait, and, and, and he said that Jalen was throwing dimes. Easy. I know you want to be an eagle. Don't. Look. This thing's going to take seven games. <laughs> Don't worry. I got you. Mm-hmm. Let me call you after the show, okay? All right. All right. Yeah, tell Mario Cristobal he said hi. All right. Uh, yeah, listen, I got you. We're Connecticut guys. We're UN brothers. All right. All right. All right. I'll talk to you later. All right, buddy. All right. Sorry, I had to take that because I'm in the process right now of setting the stage for a particular quarterback, not going to say any names or anything, but what I'm doing right now is I'm helping the kid because the kid really wants to land at this one particular place, you know? And so I'm here to, I'm here to help everybody. Okay. I'm I'm here to help everybody. That that's all I'm saying, man. I hear Jalen today throwing dimes. Hey man, I'm so jacked up. Let's see. Where's that schedule? Don't worry, Tyler Van Dyke by week eight. I got you, brother. <laughs> All right. Hey, hey, man, I hope everybody's having a great day. By the way, our number three, former Eagle legend and current Arizona State Sun Devils head coach, Herm Edwards, will join us. We'll talk a little college. We'll talk a little Eagles football with him, too. Get his spin on the landscape of college football with our dear friend Herm Edwards. That will be in hour number three. Before I get to my topics, and by the way, I hope you don't hold that against me, that I'm trying to help the Philadelphia Eagles. And by the way, to all at the NovaCare Center, hi. You can give Big Sills a call. Bob Lang has my number, you know, because he's texted me a billion times. If you guys want to reach out and kind of bridge the gap and kind of like, you know, get that conversation you know, you can send scouts down too. Just let me know. I'll set it up. I'm not his agent, 
Because I know that Drew Rosenhaus is... Oh, jeez. Did I just say that? Did I say that out loud? Did I say that out loud? Jesus, criminy, I'm so sorry. Okay? Maybe that's what we should do is get Drew Rosenhaus on the phone. Okay? Yeah, Drew Rosenhaus. Okay? Um, yeah. So we'll put all that together. You know, I don't, I don't mean to... I don't mean to throw out little innuendos here like I'm doing, but remember something. You guys asked me to find you a quarterback. Some of you think you have one. I'm here to actually get you one. Big arm, big dude, drop back quarterback, someone that looks like Joe Burrow. But, hey, Jalen's throwing dimes. Dimes Jones, man, he's going to lose that tag to Jalen. Dimes hurts. Yeah, baby. Can't wait. I'm just here to help, like I said. All right. Before I get into my topics here, I do want to state this here. And I do want to bring up something here on the Deshaun Watson front. I'm hearing people say the NFL, what happened yesterday, is going to say to both parties, defending and also the Tony Busby side of this, that no matter what happened yesterday with the settling of 20 of the 24 suits that has no bearing on what type of discipline may happen to Deshaun Watson, the Cleveland Browns quarterback. Funny, in the Washington Post today, another day of ba- I'm not bashing anybody. Kyle, there's no bashing. Where did you get I was bashing Hurts? Wait, no, okay. Well, then I'll tell you what. Hey, this is what I'll do, Kyle. If you don't want Tyler Van Dyke, I'll send him to the Giants or Washington if you want. Because he wants to play in the New England area. You just let me know. If you don't want Tyler Van Dyke, I guarantee you this year, the Canes are going to win 10-plus games with that quarterback. And he's going to throw for about 35 touchdowns. And he's going to be in the conversation for the Heisman. That's all right. You don't want them? Giants do. And I'm very close to the New York Giants. You let me know. Okay? You just let me know. I'll call John Mayer anytime you want. As a matter of fact, I've had John Mayer on my show a few times. Probably should try to get him on again. Probably not in a good frame of mind, though, since they haven't really won in the last 10 years. Send him to Siberia. Get me Herbert. Bryce Young over both. I don't think so. I'll take Tyler at 6'5". Okay? Hang on here. Let me, let me ask you this here. So before we get to our topics, so Daniel Snyder, it's being reported by the Washington Post, paid a seven-figure sum, a seven-figure sum to a woman when it came to sexual harassment allegations against the owner of the Washington Commanders. Seven figures in the National Football League did nothing. So a million plus dollars was paid to a woman to keep her quiet. Confidentiality agreements were signed. This was in 2009. Where in your, and and by the way, I had idiots on Twitter page at Dan Cilio show telling me this. Well, Deshaun had 24. One sexual case of harassment 
assault is one too many. So you're telling me, well, this guy had 24 allegations. The owner of the Washington Commanders only had one. It's funny, though. The owner of the Washington Commanders paid over a million dollars to this woman. So there must have been something to this because he settled. You can't have it both ways here. The National Football League did nothing to Daniel Snyder, and yet, you know what they did? They took emails between Bruce Allen, Daniel Snyder, and John Gruden, and had John Gruden fired from his job in Las Vegas because of his behavior and his comments that were made on company emails. And yet nothing was done to Daniel Snyder or the commanders. Nothing. Guy still owns the team. How can you suspend Deshaun Watson? How can you rightfully suspend him? The NFL is going to come out and they're going to. But how do you not look at this hypocritically? Oh, it's their league. I see. So the owners can be scumbags. But the players have to live up to a different standard or a higher standard than the owners do. Gee, it sounds like our politicians in D.C., let alone the owner of the Washington Commanders in D.C. I see. Players are held to a different standard. The owners can be scumbags because they're billionaires, I'm assuming. The chaos in D.C. right now with that Washington Commanders team, I'll be shocked if that team goes on and does anything this year. How do you have that much chaos in a franchise? And if you're the other 31 owners, how in the world do you allow that man to own that team? It is time for him to have that team taken away from him the same way they took the team away from Jerry Richardson in Carolina. He has to have that team taken from him. He is a poor example of a human. He is a poor example of an owner in this league. He hurts the credibilities of other owners that are doing good things in communities and doing good things for their football teams. He hurts the shield. Daniel Snyder does more harm to the shield of the NFL than any player. Deshaun Watson, Adrian Peterson, OJ, because he's supposed to set the standard. These 32 owners of the league are here to set the standards of what the league represents. And what Daniel Snyder has done to the NFL is shameful. Roger Goodell looks shameful. Now Snyder is snubbing his nose with Congress. I'm not testifying. I'm not telling you shit. How do you allow that guy to continue to own a team and represent a league? That's America's pastime. It's time to take the team away. What are you waiting for? What are they waiting for? Another nightmare situation? Between using the cheerleaders as hookers for advertisers. Sexual misconduct. Racism inside the organization. My God almighty, what else is this need for the commissioner and the other owners to vote this guy out of office? Impeach this guy. 
Take the team away. Give it to somebody who will make that city proud. Washington, D.C. My God almighty. It's crazy, man. Absolutely. On what goes on, you sit there and bang on a kid or you bang on players every chance you get. Every chance you get. And so does the media. But when it comes to a guy like Snyder, nobody says shit to him. Because you know why? Media people are easily bought. Accessibility. People in Philly ain't talking shit on Howie Roseman or Jeffrey Laurie. They'll have their credentials taken from them. Same in Washington. How can you work? You see, it, it, it hurts your ability to make a living. These owners know it. So they take your press credential away. How can you cover a team without a press credential if you're a reporter? You can't. You just can't. Jim Mersey, too. Daz, he's another one. $35,000 on a seat next to him. Open oxycodone pills and prescription pads, and nobody does anything. <laughs> oh, yeah, and it's always the, my favorite one. Well, they, you know, they took the San Francisco 49ers away from Edward DeBartolo because he had some shady dealings with a riverboat casino guy in Louisiana and dealings with the governor. They took the team away from him. They took the team away from him, and he had to pass over ownership to his sister, Denise DeBartolo York. The Yorks own the team, even though the DeBartolos share in the profits of the 49ers, but he has no control, and he can't do anything to it. Eddie was trying to cut a deal in Louisiana. They took the team from him. What are we waiting for here? Makes no sense. All right, let's move on here from that scumbag. Please hit the like button. We appreciate everybody coming aboard with us here. Thank you so much. All right. I, I wrote something down here. By the way, I've got this. You know I'm a guy on list. My top 10 offensive tackles in the National Football League, we're going to get to, our top tight ends in the National Football League. But I want to start it out with this. This is not bashing Jalen. This is not. Okay? I'm burying the lead here. This is not bashing Jalen. What NFC East wide receiver will have the best year this year? I wrote down these names. I really don't know who's in New York. Sterling Shepard. Okay. I mean, right? Sterling Shepard, I'm assuming. Washington. Terry McLaurin. Cowboys. C.D. Lamb. Or the Eagles. A.J. Brown. Who will have the most productive season? for wide receivers in the NFC East. You tell me. Flex says Smith. I'm assuming Devontae. 
So you think Devontae is going to have more receiving yards than A.J. Brown, C.D. Lamb, Terry McLaurin, and I'm going to throw Sterling Sharp in there. Smith. Why don't you get Hurts on your page? Disrespect them all. I'm not dis. I'm not disrespect. I'm talking about wide receivers in the NFC East. McLaurin and Lamb is a safe bet. Green. I think Smith will actually outperform Brown. So you think Smith and Brown are going to be the top receiving numbers in the NFC East. A.J. Brown in three years has averaged 68 catches for 998 yards and eight touchdowns. Last year, almost identical was Devontae Smith. Actually, when I look at Dallas Goddard, I didn't realize Dallas Goddard had that good a year last year. I was kind of shocked, actually. Who do you think Lamb is going to have a million targets? I think green. What green? Who, 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 what green are you talking about? Lamb due to quarterback targets. Won't, won't surprise me if McLaurin from Washington was number two. Have you seen Washington's O-line? Smitty, because AJ will get all the attention. So I would say this to you. I say C.D. Lamb. Okay. Let's see this. I, I, let's see this for a second here. C.D. Lamb stats. Okay. C.D. Lamb stats. Here we go. Let's see what C.D. did last year. C.D. had 79 catches for 11.06 and six touchdowns. Okay. Terry McLaurin stats. He had 10.53, five touchdowns at 77. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, there's no Mari Cooper in Dallas anymore. I'm saying that C.D. Lamb will have more targets, and I think he's going to be a 1,300-yard guy. I think with the addition of Carson Wentz, I think you're going to see 1,300 yards there. I don't know what they're going to do in New York. I, I, I mean, seriously, I, I'm not, I don't know. Sterling Sharp. Um, oh, Shepard, excuse me. I don't know. A.J. Brown? What are you expecting A.J. Brown this year to have, knowing that he's averaged 1,000 yards? He's at 29.95 over three years. I don't know. CD Lamb gonna have number ones on him. Oh, good point, Flex. That's a good point. 
CD Lamb now is going to have to have number one uh, corners on him now. And this, they're going to trail him everywhere he goes on the field. Okay? Let's see. Tony in New York. With who throwing him the ball? Dimes Jones? Boy, I think the hey, I think this. I think Terry McLaurin is going to have the best year of any wide receiver in the NFC East this year. I think C.D. Lamb is going to have the second best. I think A.J. Brown will have the third best. And I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this, okay? I'm going to do this. I think the Eagles will have the best duo, okay? I think they'll have the best duo of wideouts in the NFC East. Is that fair? Like, Devontae will probably, probably be fourth. Is this fair? Chris, I really don't know anything. I mean, I, I, I don't, from what I looked at with the stats of the Giants, I didn't see a receiver with over 600 yards receiving last year that was a wideout. So, I mean, I couldn't tell who the number one guy was in New York last year. Okay? AJ, 800 yards. That's why I said Smitty because he will have number two corners on him. Kenneth, good take. I think our offense reverts back to running the ball after three games. I, hey, I hate to say this to you, Daz. So do I. Dylan says, I think Hertz gets 38-66. Well, then you ain't going to have a lot of numbers on the wideout positions if he does that. Sills, do you think that Devontae Smith is better than CeeDee Lamb? That's a great question. If you, if I had to draft C.D. Lamb or Devontae Smith, who would I take? Boy, that's a great question. I'm going to say Devontae because of his discipline in the routes, okay? And he's, I think, a little better in space, okay? Not by a lot because I think CeeDee Lamb is pretty good too. We're talking about two elite guys here, two really good route runners. Two people who were ed- educated on how to run the wideout spot and how you get open. And I-, I-, I think both guys are really good. But if I had to draft one, 
I, I probably would take Devontae because I think Devontae in open space is better and more elusive in open. Like, I'll tell you this. If I was a corner, I'd rather tackle CeeDee Lamb than tackle Devontae Smith in open space. I just think he's – I, I think he's elusive. I don't like his size. I think he's a little small. However, today's NFL, he can get away with that because you're not going to have these guys crippling these wideouts like you did back in the day, targeting rules and all that stuff today. I don't think you're really going to – I don't think you're really going to pay the price back there like you did back in the day. And Xander says CD's not the biggest dude on the planet, and that's true too. Okay, that's also true. Spike, I do think Devontae runs better routes. I think he runs more precise routes. Okay? I do. I do. CD is a little bigger. I think he's better with contested catches. That's fair. That's fair. Jump balls like that. Yeah, more more physical on jump balls, probably. Devontae's better in space, a tad bit better of a route runner, a little more elusive, but I would say that's correct. See, and by the way, all the other intangibles that I talked about with Devontae, CeeDee Lamb is right there too. It's not like we're talking these uh, canyon gaps between both players here. So, yes, those two guys are pretty close. Okay, those two guys are close. You know what's crazy about this conversation? Can I tell you what the craziest thing about this conversation is, though? A.J. Brown is 10 times better than any of these guys. But he's not going to have the production that he had in Tennessee until we figure out if the quarterback can find him. He struggled at – yesterday we talked about if Devontae was on a team that had a quarterback like Joe Burrow, he's between 12 and 1,500 yards reception yardage. I mean, a year ago, if he has a quarterback like that, this is going to come down to the quarterback being a progression reader. Let me tell you something that's also been added here to the Eagles this year. Hey, Jeremiah, 10 times figure speech. Agreed. Okay. Terry McLaurin's outstanding. So it was more of a figure of speech. Okay. Um, the one thing that's been added now to the offense, you know, I, I, I hear everyone on our network and I hear people around the country. Jalen Hurts has a lot of weapons. The question is, can Jalen Hurts find all these weapons in traffic? Okay. Finding all these guys. Coming to the line of scrimmage. Pre-snap understanding. AJ, Devontae, Dallas Goddard. Okay? Flex figure, figure speech. Smile. AJ Brown isn't. going to be going up against the number one corner he needs picks and slants you know I, I you know I gotta tell you something smile I wouldn't mind lining up AJ in the slot and let's see what those 
DBs can do with him in that slot position. Rand, that catch in Denver against Sertan was impressive. Can Hurts process things quickly? Question mark. William, something that will be answered in September. Okay? Something that will be answered in September. Chris, if you're talking about Stingley from LSU, his best year was three years ago. My opinion, I think the last two years, I think he took him off. I think he played when he needed to. I don't think he really put it all in. Because two years ago, he was one of the best corners I had seen coming out of college in a long time. But the last two years at LSU, I don't know. Ford says, I'd like to see Hertz speed up everything, even his vocal cadence. He's got to feel comfortable in there. So, again, this is how I see this thing playing out with the receivers in the NFC East this year. I think Terry McLaurin's going to have a spectacular season. I think Wentz is going to put up a lot of numbers. I don't know if it's going to translate to Wentz. He put up a lot of numbers last year. As a matter of fact, Carson Wentz has put up a lot of numbers in his career so far. It's undeniable. He's, he's, he's put up a lot of good numbers. This guy's thrown for 33 touchdowns and 4,000 yards in a year. I mean, it's not like, okay. And plus, quite frankly, didn't they draft a kid too also? That's going to take some of the heat off of McLaurin as well. Hertz is still a rookie. He's not a rookie, dude. He is not a rookie. It's not still a rookie. He is far from a rookie. Bob says, Sills, explain something for me. How do you justify having the Eagles make a big run into the playoffs when you clearly have major doubts about Hurts? Same way I did when you won the Super Bowl in 17. I had major concerns about your backup quarterback being able to pick up for Carson Wentz, and he ended up coming through. You won with a marginal quarterback who played great. You have a marginal quarterback now with a lot of great talent. And once again, I said this yesterday. I think your improvement is not so much on your offensive side. I think your improvement has been on your defensive side. That's how. I think Jalen Hurts is going to improve enough to make this team look very good this year. I do. Okay? I think there's going to be games where he's going to struggle against big-time passing football teams if a team like minnesota gets out to a 14 point lead against the uh, eagles you're finished if the cardinals get out to a 14 point lead you have no comeback capability you've not proven it i'm going by what i've seen not by what i'm hoping okay i think your improvement has clearly been on the defensive side that's all and by the way I have never said that I don't think that Jalen is not a fine ball player. I do think he is. My question is going to be, with the limited practice time, are you going to be a progression reader enough to find Devontae Smith and to find A.J. Brown to be able to have those guys be productive? These other guys are going to be productive. Wentz has been productive. Dak has been productive. These are not elite guys. These are very good quarterbacks that put up big numbers, okay? 
the numbers are going to be there, and they always have been, for everybody that they've played with. Whatever you think of Wentz, it's not the point if he's a worm or if he's soft. He's just, it's not the point. It's not the point. Your improvement, wouldn't we agree? Let me expand more on this here. Please do me a favor. Hit the like button. Don't forget our friends over at Morgan & Morgan, my friends. Please understand this, that the fee is free, meaning this. Our friends at Morgan & Morgan do not get paid unless you get paid. They are not going to go into a courtroom to try to sit there and make it all about themselves. That's not what they do. For the people, it's not a slogan. It is something that they believe in because they've been doing this for over 30 years, collecting over $13.5 billion for their clients. Morgan & Morgan is the biggest attorney firm in the United States, and they have an army of attorneys waiting to help you. No such thing as a fender bender, my friends. They have 800 attorneys strong in offices in Philly, New York, Florida, across the country. They're ready to do battle for you. Call them at 800-512-1600. That's 800-512-1600. The call is free. The consultation's free. 800-512-1600. Open 24-7, seven days a week. And do me a favor. When you call Morgan & Morgan, you tell them Dan Cilio sent you. When choosing a lawyer for your injury case, you may ask, does the size of the law firm matter? Well, of course it does. The insurance company, they're huge with unlimited resources. And whether your case is big or small, they're built to bully you out of the money you're owed. But here's the good news. We're big too, the biggest actually. And we're built to fight to make them pay for all that was taken from you. Size is our strength. There's only one Morgan & Morgan, forthepeople.com. with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community, a sports roundup for the locals, and the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, I go to left. Fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back. National Football Show. Do me a favor. Please hit the like button. Nicholas says that you're not a seasoned quarterback until you're 35. And that Jalen's just a baby. Well, Roethlisberger won a Super Bowl at 23. Mahomes, 24. Russell Wilson, 25. Tom Brady, 24. I mean... (laughs) I could go on if you'd like. Seasoned. I just named you five guys that won five Super Bowls before they were 25. Okay. Jesse um, asked me what I think of Tarf uh, joining the team. I think it's a spectacular. I think it's a spectacular, spectacular sign. I really do. Burrow got there, and he was, what, 22, 23? Let's see here. Hang on for a second here. Our Gravy says, where's TBD? No, you're not, you guys aren't ready yet. You, you're not. I, I told him, I'm sorry. He can't come on the show yet. You're not ready. You guys are still fighting me on certain things. He's not coming on yet. We're not doing that yet. Let's. I, hey, I'll tell you. Do you want me to tell you when I think he'll be on the show? Let's see. <laughs> uh, week seven. Tyler Van Dyke will be on the show week seven. Okay. That's your bye. <laughs> I'll, I'll make that a promise too. Yeah, he'll be on the show week seven. I'm forecasting that that's when he'll probably be on. Yeah. Jesse says Burrow is a monster and is already getting better. Burrow's like 25, 26. I know he's so ancient now. Very hot down in Florida. It'll be hotter by. Hey, Xander, it'll be hotter by week seven. (laughs) It should be hotter in South Florida by week seven. Or maybe in Philly. I don't know. Our gravy says, Sills, give us your college football rankings one, one of these days. Would you like to hear it right now? I'll do that right now before I get into this other topic. Sure, I'll do that now. I'll do that right now for you. Number 10, I got Oregon. By the way, I'm a voter in the top 25 college football. Number nine, I got Baylor. Number eight, I got Michigan. 
Steven says, you sound like you hope we lose. I've never, I'm not rooting for you to lose at all. Why would I do that, Steven? It's bad for my show. Why would, why would any host root? You want to hear what Xander said to me last year? He's dead on, by the way. Jesus, man. When they were two and five, guess what you guys started doing? All of a sudden, he started winning again. And we got we go back. Why would I hope for that? Why would I hope for that? It's better to talk good about things. I'd rather be wrong and you right. That's great for ratings. That's great for ratings. If I'm wrong, I win. If I'm right, I actually lose. Because nobody roots for people to fail. And if you do, you're a jackass. I don't root for anybody to fail. If you're a tool, I'll just stop talking about you. People get more aggravated when you ignore them than when you continue to hammer them. Because people like it, no matter what it is, the kind of conversation that they have about you. You know how I do it? I just stop talking about you. I got Michigan 8, Utah 7, Notre Dame 6, Texas A&M 5, Georgia 4, Clemson 3, Ohio State 2, and Alabama, I think this is going to be one of Nick Saban's better teams. That guy Will Anderson on the defensive side, that dude's a baller. He's going to fight people next year in the draft to see who the number one overall player is taking. I know there's a lot of quarterbacks, and the quarterbacks will probably go, but this guy, Will Anderson, he is the best defensive football player that Nick Saban has had since he's been at Alabama. And that's, that's a pretty long list of really fine ball players. But this kid Anderson's his best defender. He is his, and if he would have went in this year's draft, he'd have went number one. He's his best defensive football player. And I would even make this comment. He's probably his best defensive football player he's ever coached in his college career. That includes LSU and Michigan State and Toledo. This kid's great. This kid's great. Georgia four. Yeah. A lot of guys lost on that defensive side. A lot of guys. Hey, Gravy, I think the quarterback, I think the quarterback at Clemson's going to have a good year this year. Greg says, I didn't know that Tyler Van Dyke was coached by Mario Cristobal, the same coach that coached Justin Herbert. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. As a matter of fact, when, um, what was it? Uh, yesterday, I, I, I had a chance. Mario did this for me. I was out at the Pac-12 meetings um, a couple years ago, and Mario... Where's that pick? Mario introduced me to um, to Justin Herbert. Really a fine kid, man. Really a fine guy. I, I showed you guys the picture yesterday, didn't I? 
I showed it to you yesterday. Yeah, I think I did. Yeah, Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert made me look like a shwimp. That dude is enormous, man. I did yesterday, right? Right, Xander? I look like a shrimp in the pick. I'm not kidding. I'm 6'1". This guy's 6'6". Towers over me. This guy could have not only eaten a bowl of soup off my head, he could have eaten a November turkey off my head. Unbelievable. So what if in the first 10 weeks, Hertz got 3K with 25 touchdowns? What would you say then? Let's see what he let's finish the season. Yeah. Surprised. Unbelievable. Wow. He really did get better. That's what I would say. What did you think I would say? That he sucks still? You don't really listen to people like me. I get it in your market. You're so used to having people continue to hammer someone, even if that kid shows improvement. You know, Xander went through a year with me last year and he goes, Sills, you're flip-flop. And I go, that's because the quarterbacks play last year. The quarterbacks play last year was flip-flopping. One week he looked decent. One week he looked pretty good. Another week he looked atrocious. Another week he dropped the ball on the ground. Another week he couldn't, he couldn't find anybody. Another week, he had announcers screaming at him to throw it to the open guy. I'm not going to sit here if a guy's producing and playing well, go, oh, he still sucks. That's not how I do shows. I talk about reality. I don't talk about fantasy. I'm not one of those fantasy guys. Wow, this guy's going to be, you know, you know, when I first came on the network, you know how many people fought me on Devontae Smith having a big year, his rookie year with the Eagles? Everyone, everyone did. Because my first comment was, what'd you make of the sign? I go, well, he's a swimp. But then I started thinking about it. The league's different. And I said, well, your quarterback won't find him. You can go back and look at my first show when I first went on with the birds, I said, your quarterback won't find him. And that's kind of the case. He couldn't find him. Some of the guys were telling me how great Justin Fields was because he ran a 4-3. I went, who cares? I don't care how fast my quarterback is. I care he's accurate. That's not the first thing I want to hear. Well, your quarterback's fast. Who cares? Good, he can run for his life. <laughs> hey, he's good at running for his life. Bob goes, that's what Dumig did. Steve Dumig. Oh, boy. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> yes, I know he died of uh, brain cancer. No comment. Sorry for his family. Oh, a Cowboys lover here? Mark Holmes loves his, his girls. <laughs> Prescott's a better thrower of the football, Kenneth. The entire Holmes family will be caring again about crying again in January, just like 25, 25 years. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's not how I do shows, man. If the kid shows up, great. Watch this. Wonderful for my show. I don't get why you would want me to run you off my show because I was right. He's not elite. That would be like me owning a restaurant and serving you shit sandwiches and telling you they're good. Why would I do that? I'm going to give you the best sandwiches my family can make. The best meatball sandwiches you can have. I'm not do it. I don't work like that. I think you have me confused with some of those dopes you listen to in Philly. Okay. Eastside Monster, what's up, brother? Bob, I mean it, man. They all listen to and, and hey, and I get why IP does well, but most of those hosts talk about shit no one wants to hear. But because you guys are so dominant, you guys make those stations. It's not the host. Angelo's the only decent one. Okay? Angelo. Angelo. Because he knows how to entertain. He's my favorite. I like Angelo, by the way. Eli eats free at Sills' restaurant. Eli was said yesterday by Howard Balzer. He's not a Hall of Fame quarterback, and I 100% agree. But because his last name is royalty and he's got two Super Bowl MVPs, he's getting in. I don't think Eli Manning is a Hall of Fame quarterback either. There, I said it. I don't believe he is. His record is 117 and 117. His last 10 years in New York, he sucked out loud. I don't think he's a Hall of Fame player. I think Phillip Rivers is a better player than him. You put, and if that trade had gone down correct, I think Phillip Rivers would have won more Super Bowls in New York. Jerry Reese and Tom Coughlin, in my opinion, when Tom Coughlin was recruiting Phillip Rivers, they loved him. As a matter of fact, the original draft was that. Tom Coughlin liked him. So did Jerry Reese. But Eli didn't want to play for the Spanos family. So they worked this trade out because of Archie. That's how they did that. Flex goes, Eli was clutch in the playoffs. So was Jim Plunkett. Jim Plunkett owns two Super Bowl championship rings, quarterbacking the Raiders. No one brings his name up like ever. Is Jim Plunkett a Hall of Fame quarterback? Let me tell you, if Eli's last name was Plunkett, you'd be looking at him like Jim Plunkett. Eli Plunkett is not getting into the Hall of Fame. Eli Manning is getting into the Hall of Fame. Davey Boy goes, Phillip Rivers would have won a bunch of regular season games in New York. That's it. Okay. Management in New York was 10 times better in New York when Wellington Mayer and Jerry Reese and with Tom Coughlin were in the building. Since those men are not in the building, the Giants have been a train wreck under John Mayer. Train wreck. Look it up. When's the last time the Giants were relevant? Uh, 
Seals, you should invite Mark Holmes on your show. He runs a huge Cowboys YT channel. He's close with Philly 500. We'll look into it. I take Xander's um, guidance on that one. All Cowboy players and fans are dead here. Way to go, Chris. (laughs) But believe me, I know this one. We get, I I had the Cowboy. Hey, know this. I had the gravy. I had the Cowboy owner on, Stephen Jones, and everyone hated him. I don't care. I'll put him on. Eastside goes, did you watch the hearing earlier with Goodell? Did you see when Goodell was asked the question, who runs the Washington team? He couldn't answer it. He couldn't answer it. He, he couldn't. He couldn't answer it. All right. I have something fun here for you. Don't forget, Herm Edwards, hour number three, 5.30 Eastern time, the head coach of the Arizona State Sun Devils and former Eagle legend. All right. Since 2000, I saw this on Twitter, by the way, and I kind of like, I, I, I kind of, Massage the topic a little bit to fit what I wanted to talk about a little here. I want you to do me a favor. Since 2000, who are your Mount Rushmore, Philadelphia Eagle, players or coaches? Players or coaches? I don't put general managers on my Mount Rushmore, okay? GMs are not invited to my parties. They're not invited to my cookouts. My 4th of July party, no GMs are allowed. Maybe a scout, but no GMs are allowed at my 4th of July parties, okay? Here's who I have. I think you guys are going to be shocked. You guys tell me if you think I'm wrong here. Since 2000, my Philadelphia Eagles, Mount Rushmore, yes, four. Four president's heads are on Mount Rushmore. There's no five. I have Andy Reid. Nick Foles, I actually maybe got this topic from Xander yesterday. I bet you, Xander, Nick Foles is one of your favorite Eagle players. I'll bet. He made me think about Nick Foles. Since 2000, my Mount Rushmore, since 2000, Chris, since... 2000, my Mount Rushmore of Philadelphia Eagles players or coaches. Andy Reid. Nick Foles. Jason Kelsey. And you ready for this one? T.O. Those are my four Philadelphia Eagle 
Mount Rushmore players. Reed, Dawkins, Foles, Doug is the clear choice easily. Hmm. McNabb? Okay. Since 2000. Reed, Dawkins, Kelsey, Graham. Davy Boy says Sills is drunk. Is it is it Shih Tzu or a Shih Tzu's a dog? Got same four as me. Okay, let's see what 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 did Shih Tzu have? Reed Dawkins Falls Doug. Okay, is it Shih Tzu? You know, little tiny dogs. Is it Shih Tzu Flex? <laughs> Dude, Jason Peters is a great player. Steven Jackson. McNabb took us to four NFC championship games. Xander would say he's a punk because he lost them all. That says we've had some great players. Since 2000, Foles, Dawkins, Kelsey, McNabb. Pretty good list, too. Imagine Pete Owens with AJ and Smith and Foles as the quarterback and Reed as the head coach. It's a perfect world there, dog. David Akers. By the way, GMs and kickers are not allowed on any list I'll ever do. Okay? Kickers and GMs, they're they're not part of my – that's not going to work. And threw up in the Super Bowl and was outperformed by t- <laughs> F. McNabb. Hey, Shizu. <laughs> uh, hey, wait a minute, man. Guy was a little nervous. He threw up. You got a problem with that? Holy cow, man. Wait a minute here. Guy was a little nervous. So he, <laughs> he threw up, man. Okay. Was 2017 Wentz the greatest quarterback play we've seen in Philly? Forget all the rest. Oh, yeah, it's the greatest quarterback season you've ever had. Absolutely. Carson Wentz has had the greatest quarterback season of any quarterback since... Jurgensen? Since Jurgensen? Maybe ever. Maybe ever. Wentz had the greatest season in Eagle history, by far. He's he almost broken every record that year. And he was 11-2 and two to, to boot. Foles. Foles. Hey, am I right when I say, dude, Foles has got to be. Foles has got to be on. Um, you're right. Sonny's in the, in the 60s, William. You're right. But Foles has got to be on your Mount Rushmore since 2000. Davey Boy, Wentz had the greatest quarterback season of all time in Eagle history. It's not, I mean, the numbers speak for itself. Okay, really, William? Hold on. And by the way, gaming. 
the Eagles didn't have 1,000 yard wide receiver that year. And remember, wide receiver, not tight end. Wide receiver. Carson Wentz stats. Let's see that year in 17. Hang on for a second here before we take a timeout. Here it is. 11 and 2. 440 attempts, 265. Oh, no, here it is. No, 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 not the 17 year, the 19 year. Wow. I free- so two years later, he had the best season post-Super Bowl. 607 attempts, 388, 4,000 yards, 27 touchdowns, seven picks. The Super Bowl season... He had 33 touchdowns and seven picks. Holy shit. And threw for 3,300 yards in only 13 games. And his quarterback rating was 101.9. Holy cow. His QBR, he led the NFL that year, 78.5. Oh, you bet that's the best year in the history of the Eagles. Wow. Woo! Woo-wee! Damn. Wentz had the best year in the history of the Eagle quarterback position. We're going to have some fun in hour number two. Okay? I'm going to show you why there's more pressure on Jalen Hurts in 2022. Okay? I've got some lists here that are going to put your boy even more into bullseye to get it done this year. Hit the like button. Hour two, keep it right here on the National Football Show. News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community, a sports roundup for the locals, and the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama! <laughs> She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Hour number two, National Football Show. It's your boy, Big Sales. Please hit the like button. Don't forget, hour three, 5.30 Eastern time. Eagles legend and current head coach of the Arizona State Sun Devils, Herm Edwards, will join us. All right. Before we get into this other topic here, a couple questions here for you. With the retirement of Rob Gronkowski, the Brady Brady Gronkowski duo, in my opinion, is one of the greatest of all time. If you were building your team around a pass-catching duo – would you rather have Brady Gronk or would you rather have Montana Rice? Who do you think was the greatest pass-catching duo? Gronk? Brady? Jerry Rice? Or Montana? Jerry Rice, Montana? Who would you take? Knowing full well, Rice is the greatest pass-catching wideout that's ever played. And Montana, if he played in today's rules that Brady has, I I don't know how you would beat Joe. You know, Xander asked me the question the other day. um, You think Brady's better than Montana? Not so sure, but probably because the numbers say it. Probably. But reluctantly, I'm saying that. Brady Gronk Super Bowls, baby. Well, they got four, too. Both have four together. Gronk has four. Brady has four together. Remember, Brady won Super Bowls without Gronk. Okay? What goose? What goose? Gossage? What goose died, Chris? Manning and Harrison. Kurt Warner and Tory Holt. John Elway, Shannon Sharp. You're going to take that over Montana and Rice? Tony Saragusa died? Tony Saragusa played with 
a bunch of my friends at Pitt, um, Dave Pizzoli, Tony Brown, Bill Moss. And I don't know if, I don't know if he got drafted. He may have been drafted really late. And wow. That's terrible news. 55 years of age. Ravens Nation has now lost Jalen Ferguson and Tony Saragusa in the same day. Dude, that Ravens team with Goose in the middle, they were really good. Rip Goose, man. That's terrible news. That really is. Rest in peace, Goose. Knew him very well, man. Wow. Tony Saragusa. I thought he was really good on Fox, too. I thought he was really good. That's a darn shame, man. All my friends, man. <laughs> hey, you know, I chuckle. But I do it because, you know, all my friends around me, man, crazy. You know, and sometimes you talk to these guys on emails and group chats. I was in a group chat with him about three months ago. Man. Worked with his cousin and the guy literally looked exactly like him. Acted like him as well. Vincent, wow. What is this, another va- – I, I don't know, Vincent. I don't know any of that. Hey, Greg, I really did too, man. I love Saragusa on um, – I thought he was great on Hard Knocks when they initially put that on the air. He was one of the characters that really made that show work. Energetic guy, hell of a ball player. He's a 10-plus year player too, man. I bet you Baird played against him a bunch of times. I bet you Barrett played against him. Hey, this is why I tell you guys, you know, when you're a pro foot, do you know what the average age is for a pro football guy? It's 67 years old. 67. There's only 28,000 men that have ever played National Football League, and there's only 16,000 of us alive. And... You know, there's not very many of us in over 100 years that have played the game that have had the luxury and the luck to play in that league. All right, let's let's move on here. We could sit here all day sitting here thinking about all that BS. Let's, and I say BS and death. You know, let's move on here. All right. I'm going to put more heat on your boy. Are you ready? Please hit the like button. By the way, hold on, hold, hold on for a second. I got I got to text this guy. Tyler, not now. I told you. Week 7. I'm working on it. 
Sorry, I have to do that because somebody's pretty excited about wanting to play in Philly. Well, that's if you want him. That, that's if you – right now you guys don't want him. You want Jalen. Okay, you guys want Jalen. You don't want Tyler Van Dyke. Oh, send him to the Giants. What the hell? All right, let me <laughs> – you know, it's going to be a hot topic when Sills – Looks off to the side and smirk. Oh, 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 okay, Bob. Now you sound like Xander. Tell Tyler to get on the show. No, Kenneth. No, no, no. I will not allow that. I will not allow that. He's not coming on the show until week seven. I think he'll be ready to. I think he'll be ready to talk at week seven. By the way, I get any Miami Hurricane I want on. You know this. I know it. Let's see here. Xander's right. No, he's not. Xander's never right. Let's see. Seals, did you hear about the mock trade with Cleveland, Andre Dillard, and Kareem Hunt? Man, I'd love to have Kareem Hunt in Philly. You put Kareem Hunt on that team with that number one rushing offense, plus he can catch the football in a screen game. I'll tell you something, man. I I, I love Kareem Hunt. I love him, man. I, I he's very productive. No way, Sills. You do not send him to the. <laughs> uh, that name won't work in Philly. What, Tyler Van Dyke? <laughs> oh, uh, it will if he's throwing dimes and taking you to Super Bowls. You, you'll name him anything you want. You'll come up with a nickname. Okay? You win ball games? I don't care what your name is. <laughs> hey, Craig, really? <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> That's funny, Craig. You're probably going to get blocked now. <laughs> uh, hey, hey, Craig, I feel for you, dog. You're going you're to be where Big Chris was, man. <laughs> the island of misfit toys. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Storm warning. Matt Nagy. I hadn't said that in a while, have I, Kev? All right. I'm going to put some heat on your boy. Come on, Tyler. Damn it. Damn it. Trying to do my best here. Okay. Here are. Let's do this one first. The Big Sills top 10 NFL tight ends in the league today are going into 2022. Zach Ertz, number 10. 763 last year, five touchdowns. I didn't know he had that good a season last year going through all the chaos and everything in two teams. Not bad. Number nine, Dalton Schultz, Cowboys. I didn't know he had this good a year. 808 and eight touchdowns. 
Number eight, Mike Giusecki, Dolphins. Number seven, TJ Hookinson, Lions. Hey, you want to hear something that I didn't realize? Kyle Pitts had 68 catches and 1,026 yards. He had a better season than Devontae Smith did. On the Falcons, that guy had a thousand yards receptions and reception yards last year. Kyler Pitts, the kid from Xander, that's the kid from Florida, right? Holy cow, man. That's some pretty good shit there. 68 catches, 1,026. That guy's a weapon. Number five, Dallas Goddard. I didn't realize Dallas had 830 yards and receiving yards and four touchdowns. Way to go, Jalen. That's not too bad. Even though his best production game came with Gardner Minshew. Hmm. Number four, Darren Waller. Raiders. Number three, Mark Edwards. This guy is unreal. So we're talking about no wideouts being in Baltimore. He had a he had 107 and 1361 in reception yards last year from the tight end spot. That's pretty impressive. I'll tell you what, Mark Edwards doesn't get enough love. I think there's three tight ends that are premier now that Gronk is retired. I got George Kittle, number two. And Travis Kelsey. You know Travis Kelsey has six straight thousand-yard receiving years in Kansas City? That speaks a lot to um, Patrick Mahomes and also Alex Smith. One above all. This kid Andrews, though, man. Yeah, he may get all the targets. He's productive. Okay, yeah, but hey, 215. This guy here, Paul says, who's the top three NBA picks tomorrow? Who cares? Who cares? Again, WIP and the Fanatic will have that for you. You can sit around and listen to a show no one listens to. <laughs> Did I do that? I'm so sorry. Hey, we'll do a draft show tomorrow. Great. You won't find that here. No one gives a shit about the NBA draft. The carry free agency. That I will agree to. The NBA draft, the guys you never heard of from Europe. More power to you. <laughs> hey, Xander, one thing I've learned on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. You want to see people go like this? Start having an NBA draft tomorrow. Hey, we'll do three hours of the NBA draft show. Okay. Okie dokie. Hey, Kenneth, that's any show. That's any show. Sitting around talking about pennant races. Wake me up in September. So, the Eagles have the fifth best tight end in the league. 
So before I move over, you had the fifth best tight end, and you paid a hundred million dollars for a wideout, and you spent a first rounder two years ago in Devontae. Let's move on. Now, the top 10 tackles in the National Football League offensively. If you don't have these positions covered, you can't win in the NFL. Tight ends and tackles. I don't care what your offensive firepower looks like. If you've got a $50 million quarterback and a $25 million wide receiver in a $2 offensive line, you ain't going anywhere. Okay? You ain't going anywhere. Here we go. Number 10, Big Seals top 10 offensive tackles in the league. Colton Miller, Raiders. You want to know something about this kid? Four years ago, I thought he was the worst tackle and right tackle who don't really get enough love in the league. And he's transformed himself into being one of the better guys in the NFL. I'm impressed with him and the coaching that he's getting with the Raiders. Number nine, Jordan Malata, Eagles. Continues to get better and better, learning the position. This guy didn't know how to put a helmet on four years ago. And to see where he is, he is dramatically going to continue to move up this list. His best days are still ahead of him. He's going to be in the next three years, potentially, maybe one of the top two guys, okay? Maybe one of the top two guys at offensive tackle in the league. So don't just look at the ninth rating here and look at Jordan Malata and go like this. Still's got him ninth. He's still learning the position. This guy didn't even basically know how to put shoulder pads on. Number eight, Ryan Ramick, Saints, another guy who's consistently improving and consistently just getting better and better and better, and that's why they moved that offensive tackle to Miami because of this guy's emergence. Number seven, I have seen very few rookies come into the league because the offensive tackle position is a position that takes usually years for you to be able to um, develop. But this Ronnie Staley guy, okay, from the Ravens, from the time he came in the league to where he is right now, that is fantastic on how well that he has played. Here's another young kid, Rashawn Slater, going into his second year. He looked like a veteran Pro Bowl player for the Chargers. One year, he's impressed me enough to sit here and say that this kid here and maybe Jordan Milano over the next three years are going to battle it out, okay, between who the best offensive tackles are in the game. Number five, David Bakhtiari, Packers, solidified as one of the best tackles in the sport. 
And when you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, you need to have a guy like this in your old line. And he's just fabulous as an offensive tackle. Great feet, hand placement. Uh, hard to shake him loose. Just outstanding. Number four, Tristan Wirfs, Bucks. He is the best young tackle in the game right now. I think he's 23. He is brilliant. Okay? He is just brilliant. Follows me on Twitter, too. I just love this kid. I believe he's from Iowa, if I'm not mistaken. Man, he could play some ball. Number three, Big Sills, top 10 offensive tackles. Lane Johnson. I don't think right tackles get enough love, but they're important, especially in your run attack. And Lane Johnson has been a centerpiece for that Eagle offensive line. I got him third. Number two, Tyron Smith, Cowboys. I mean, there is nothing and no flaw in his game whatsoever. Um, I just think they got to improve the running attack, and I think that's got a lot to do with playing Tony Pollard more. And the number one offensive tackle in the game today, by the way, you'll never see guys like this on the open market. You'll never see one of these guys not under contract. Finding guys like this are impossible. Jordan Mulata was a needle in a haystack. Finding these kind of players and being right on them is incredible. How Washington traded Trent Williams away to the 49ers shows you the incompetence of that organization. It's Trent Williams and everyone else. The gap between him and the next guy is as big a gap between Aaron Donald and Nick Boza. He is an earth mover. He's a Hall of Famer. He's Larry Allen modern day. He can run. He can move. He's powerful at the point of attack in the run game. He's a spectacular pass protection guy. It is not close. It is not close. Greg brings my point up here now, though. What did you notice about the top 10 list of offensive tackles that's significant to you guys? Okay. Since when is Landon Dickerson a tackle? What did I, what did, what did I, what do you notice? That's right, Matt. Matt hit it on the head. Xander, put that up. Matt P. Sills, two Eagles in the top 10. You have two OTs that start on your offensive line in my top 10 in tackles. You have a top five tight end, Dallas Goddard. You've got a franchise wide receiver. You've got a first round wide receiver that you spent money on. Boys, if Jalen Hurts doesn't deliver, it would be a crime 
that they didn't bring in Garoppolo or a professional quarterback to quarterback this team. You have all the fundamental tools right now to win a Super Bowl except that position. The biggest question mark is not O-line, is not wide receiver, is not running game. To some aspect, it's not even really defense any longer. The depth that you have in your secondary, your linebacking core now, and your defensive line is as good as it's been since you won the thing. What's your excuse? If that team falls short from getting and going to the Super Bowl this year, it is all on your quarterback. You've got two tackles. And I haven't even said you have the best center in the game. So you have two top 10 tackles, a Hall of Fame center, the fifth best tight end, an all-pro wideout. There are no excuses for this football team not to win. You can't have all this talent and have a C performance out of your quarterback this year. You know what the C performance is going to get you guys? It's probably going to get you past the playoff game. Okay? There is too much talent to fail. He could suck in games like Ben Roethlisberger did his rookie year, and you're still going to win in spite of him. That's why I'm telling you, when people go, Sills, you have us going to the NFC Championship game. Yeah, you're going there in spite of this guy. Third, hey, remember what I told you how I do things and how I go about looking at teams. I'm not talking about shit that may happen. I'm talking about you guys having the fifth best tight end today on June 22nd. I'm talking about you having two OTs in the top 10 in the league. Do you know how many teams would kill? Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger less than five miles away or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. To have one of these guys? Ask the Giants, who have been trying to build an offensive line for six years. You've got two of them. An emerging star in Landon Dickerson. And a center that's going to Canton. I thought about this last night when I was putting this list together. Guys, <laughs> I mean, 
I, I know sometimes I have fun when I come out here and I start talking about Jalen and all this and that. And I know we have lengthy conversations. Okay. I'm trying to tell you guys this. All the things you're hearing right now, all the projections, what I talk to you about is not projection. Okay. This is the baby formula that's on the shelves. This is on the shelves. Yeah, Bombay, man, that's some sad news today. Exactly, big sales. Light fires under these guys. Hey, Eastside Monster. Where's the flaw in your team? It's a great question. How about this? I ask you. Trader Chris, thank you. Sorry to change it up, but did you know that Tony Saragusa uh, passed away? Trader, yeah, people informed me of it, man. Sad day, brother, and we thank you very much, man. It's all good, dude. I mean, lived a great life. Lived absolutely a great life. He was a great football player from Pitt. Those Pitt guys always, I mean, they always produce guys, don't they, man? He was really good. Trader Chris, funny as hell guy. Funny as hell. Yeah, he played with a bunch of really good dudes at Pittsburgh. I think he was, I think he was a youngster when Bill Moss was there. I know, man. Jadis, I mean, Ravens are not having a good day. He did have a – hey, Bombay, he did have a role on this. Oh, my God. I've got to – I'm going to take a break. I got a Tony I got a Tony Saragusa story, and it's with the Sopranos. I may have broached it a little bit with you before. Let me hit on that. We'll expand a little bit more of what we did here. Guys, really? This is what I'm looking at with your team. Hit the like button. Do me a favor. Don't forget our friends at Morgan & Morgan where the fee is free. That means this. If you're hurt or injured on the job, finding that attorney is one of the most important things that you can possibly do for your family. For the people is not a slogan. It's who they are. It's what they've been for 30 years. Over $13.5 billion worth of compensation settlements for their clients. Unprecedented, man. When you're talking about the over 800 attorneys that they have at the firm, making them the biggest in the country, in offices in Philly, New York, and in Florida, they're ready to do battle for you. Call them at 800-512-1600. That's 800-512-1600. Call us free, consultations free. 800-512-1600. And when you call Morgan & Morgan, do me a favor, tell them Big Sales sent you. After a car crash, the big insurance companies you see advertising on TV, they may try to downplay your case and might say it's only a fender bender or it's just a herniated disc. I worry that some law firms fall for this BS, not us. We put ourselves in your shoes and ask, what would it be like to be in your pain for the rest of our lives? A million dollars wouldn't be enough for me. There's only one Morgan & Morgan. Forthepeople.com.
Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community, a sports roundup for the locals, and the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mama. Mama, go up, oh, mama! She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. National Football Show, it's your boy Big Stills. Philip says he's learning a lot of new things about January 6th in the hearings. See you November 4th. Won't make a difference. <laughs> Hit the like button. Trust me. Okay? I'm worried about gas prices right now, bro. 18 cents ain't working. Hey, so get this today. Instead of paying $6.18 for my gas, I pay 6 <laughs> Wow. <laughs> well, a whole 18 cents, man. You know what I get to save with that? Nothing. <laughs> Algorithms. How you doing? <laughs> Philip, look at you. Philip's, Philip, you're learning. You're learning the big sales. Look at what Philip just did. Watch this. I'm going to catch me a large mouth Italian. Yeah. Woo. Woo. Congratulations, Philip. You reeled it in. Here's Philip from Barrett's boat. Woo. Woo. Look at that large mouth. Look at that large mouth paisan. Holy cow. Look at that. Look at that. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Oh, hey, 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 please, 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 please. All right, listen. Let me go here for you. Can I tell you? Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I got to do this correct. 
Um, the folks at the NovaCare Center, hi. Remember, TVD. Remember, TVD. Be nice to Sills. Okay? Love you too, Philip. Thanks for doing that, dude. Fun. Hey, if you can't goof on people, dude, and you have no sense of humor, I think you're in the wrong show. Okay? Because self-deprecation to me is all good. I don't care if you make fun of me. I do not care. I actually think it's, it's – I like it. To me, it's like goofing with your teammates. It's kind of what we do. And if you get too butthurt or too sensitive, I'm not sure this is the show for you. I got to say this to you here, man. I'm going to tell you the Tony Saragusa show or, uh, story here in a minute. Can I tell you one thing about Howie Roseman? The biggest thing that bugs me about him, watch this. I think he's a damn good GM. I think he's a damn good GM. However, I think he can't control his ego. Okay? I can't I don't think he can control his ego. I think he has to get in to coaching decisions. I think he has to get into Sunday personnel decisions. I think he has to get into coaching hirings. I think he just expands his role too much, which stings you at what you do best, managing the cap, getting draft picks, finding free agents. I mean, look, I think this Hassan Reddick deal that he did, along with the Darius Slay, I think great. I think this kid that they just got from the Niners is a good move. Okay. I, I just don't like when he goes off the rails and he starts meddling and things that don't pertain to him or he lacks experience and expertise in. Howie Roseman is the least guy I want to talk about on how I'm going to attack the New York Giants. It'd be like talking to a janitor. I'm not going to go to him, and I'm sure he has to because didn't you guys tell me Doug Peterson – if he would win ball games, 17-14, wasn't it that the GM and the owner questioned the offensive output, even if they won the game? It, or, or was that something that was made up? That Doug Peterson used to have these meetings, and they didn't really like how they won games at times. That's nowhere for an owner or a GM to have a conversation with a head coach. There's no BCS points in the NFL. If you win a game three to two, who gives a shit? It's a W. Right? If you if you win a game two-nothing on a safety, I don't care how you get there. Just get there. And I, I just think that Howie, I think he just jumps over and expands his role too much and it thins him sometimes, which makes him open for more criticism. Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert didn't talk about game plans. Nobody in their right mind is going to sit down and go, Howie wants to know why you didn't run the ball more. I'd be like this, shut the hell up. What the hell would you know about it? The only thing competitive that you've ever played is hopscotch. And you're trying to talk to me about being competitive in an NFL football game with these men? Guy. Go back to playing darts or something. 
leave the big boy games to us. That's my problem with Howie. Yeah, and, 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 and Brian, I think that's where he gets in trouble. I think he's done a hell of a job. But my problem becomes when, again, I'm not, you're not giving me an active list for Sundays on Thursdays on who's going to play or not. I'm going to play who the F I want to play. And if you don't like it, you coach the team. That's the influence that is in the Eagle front office that I think slows them up. Why are you putting all these roadblocks up for your coaches? You had roadblocks up for Andy Reid at the end. You had roadblocks clearly up for Doug Peterson. And you've got a mountain of guardrails around for Nick Sirianni. Why? That's my problem with the GM. Dude, stick to what you do. You balance the cap, you make trades, and you create more assets for us to trade for in drafts. But see how he wants to be involved on Sundays. A general manager's role is in the offseason. He doesn't like that. He don't want to be shut up during the season. That's why stupid binoculars at the pit game. He likes that. His ego gets ahead of himself. Have, when Ozzie Newsom was the general manager of the Ravens, did you ever see him? I never heard from Ozzie. Never heard from him. How he's a horse jockey. Sirianni's a rookie. Sirianni, as a rookie coach, knows 10 times more than what Howie knows as a coach. I, I, I don't want to hear anything of his opinions on how to attack the Jets or the Giants or the Commanders. I don't, I don't want to hear from him. I'm not even going to ask his opinion, but he has to. Frank told him he had to. I mean, I, I, I would never go to Howie Roseman and go, how do you think we should approach the Lions? What would he know? Right? Like, what would he know on how to do all that? That's my problem with him. Again, he doesn't know when to shut up. And he thinks he doesn't have any guardrails because now he's got this three-year contract extension and the owner likes what he's doing. You see, if you give Howie an inch, he will take a mile. And he has taken a mile. He got rid of all the so-called antagonists in the building. When Doug Peterson was fired and the owner went with Doug instead of Howie, Remember, he had to make the choice. Think of this for a second. If you're the owner of the Eagles, there was a choice for him to make privately. Do I stay with Howie or do I stay with Doug? And the owner, as in character with Joe Banner, stayed with the front office. 
He chose that because why? Why do you think the owner chose the front office? Howie, Joe, Banner, doesn't really matter. Why do you think the owner stuck with the front office? You know why they struck, stuck with the front office? Because general managers in the front office watch the owner's money. A coach like Belichick or Pete Carroll or some of these other guys, unless you have the autonomy to spend Stan Kroenke's money, you know this. Kevin Demoff and Les Snead in Los Angeles have been told by Stan Kroenke, whatever you need to win. Because Kroenke knows this. In Los Angeles, there's a lot of competition for ticket sales. You just can't be decent in Los Angeles and expect to have a full place at SoFi. You've got to be spectacular. You just can't have a good team. You've got to have spectacular to fill those expensive seats at SoFi Stadium. He knows that. And that's why those guys spend the money they spend. It's Hollywood. You can't just have no-name guys there. Like, get this, Stan Kroenke would never want the Philadelphia Eagle team. There's not enough star power in that team. The Eagles are a meat and potatoes team. And I like those teams. Don't get me wrong. But that's not working in L.A. You don't have a star quarterback. You have very few stars as is on your team. That's why they go for star power in L.A. It's about winning. And it's also about selling tickets. You guys don't have to worry about that in Philly. 69.937. I got it. <laughs> okay. Baby boy goes, I love meat and potatoes. Yeah, I like meatballs and spaghetti. So we're kind of almost paisans. Okay. Doug, not a good head coach. He was a good manager, not X's and O's. His offense was stale. Depend, you know, Craig, I say this to you. So let me ask you something here. It's a good point that you bring up about Doug Peterson. And you said his offense was stale after Frank Reich left. How do you know how he didn't allow him to hire whoever he wanted? Do you know that I heard actually that Doug Peterson called the Kansas City Chiefs and tried to get Eric Bieniemy to come over and be the offensive coordinator after Frank left, but he didn't want to make a lateral move? How he didn't want that, that's the reports I heard. That Doug wanted to bring Eric Bieniemy in. How he didn't want that. The owner didn't want that. There's kind of a resume issue with Eric Bieniemy. Okay. See, he had to hire dudes off a list that Howie gave him and the owner gave him. It's like setting the deck of cards. Yeah, you can hire who you want, just as long as it's off this list. It's not really hiring who you want. Yeah, Yale. I absolutely know this for a fact. Doug Peterson wanted to try to get Eric Bieniemy to get cut loose in Kansas City, and he wanted him to come over and actually be the play caller in Philadelphia. Okay? 
Because you know why? Let's be candid. You don't really think Eric Bieniemy calls the plays in Kansas City, do you? He would have been a true play caller in Philly. That's the deal. Okay? Think about that. Andy Reid didn't call the plays in Green Bay when he got the Eagle job. You think he's calling plays over Mike Holmgren? He was a quarterback coach. He was involved in the game plan. Andy Reid didn't call plays. <laughs> Are you, you, you know that, right? Andy Reid never called a play in Green Bay for Favre, ever. He may have suggested some plays, but he was not the true, only in title alone. The guy who was calling plays off the play sheet was Mike Holmgren. <laughs> Andy Reid never called plays in Green Bay. And anybody who tells you that is a lie. Eric Bieniemy is not calling plays in Kansas City. They're telling you that publicly so that he can land a gig. But Andy Reid's the one going over to Mahomes sitting there talking to him, showing him the next 10 plays that they're going to have. Come on, man. I know people know that. I'm not telling you something new. Reid took bullets for Favre and stayed in his lane. Correct. Okay. I heard the janitor ran a play <laughs> in Philly. Probably edge goes, no team gets rid of a coach when you win a, win a super bowl. But Frank Reich was the reason we won the 17. Now Frank got that job because Josh McDaniel reneged on taking the job after he agreed. Frank's done a hell of a job since he's been there. He might have been, McCoy said, that's why he left Kansas City OC, wasn't using him. Hey, I'm just telling you. Well, I didn't know that you guys didn't know that. Okay? Okay? Xander goes like this. What kind of take is that? Do you think that the reason that you guys won the Super Bowl was because of Frank Reich? No. Doug Peterson's the head coach. The reason that Wentz played well and Foles played well was because of Frank. But the team is under the head coach. The OC works for the head coach. They're all in sequence together. He gets the responsibility for that win. Okay? Xander's like, in NFL history, what team's offensive coordinator is responsible for success? It's a team game. Correct. It's exactly what I just said. Now, Wentz's play fell off when he left. That's a fact. But I thought that that was a known. I didn't realize that you guys had known that, that Doug Peterson wanted to try to get Eric Bieniemy over to Philly. Hmm. Well, there you go. You didn't know that? And there was some hang-up in the end. Now, could have Bieniemy have turned it down at the end? I'll just say this to you. Eric Bieniemy hasn't had a lot of job opportunities. How did Lovey Smith get the Texans job over Eric Bieniemy? Or some of these other jobs, like the Charger job? You're in the same division. Why wouldn't you have put Eric Bieniemy in and weakened the Kansas City Chiefs if you were the Spanos family by hiring Bieniemy? You passed on him too? Interesting. Saints passed on him. 
Okay. Yeah, but 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 Yale, Shady threw Eric B. Enemy under the bus. Shady's out of gas in KC, though. He was out of gas. He had no gas in the tank at all. He had nothing left. And he didn't want to hear it. And he didn't think that he was still finished. And he was. He was finished. Hey, great players don't like to hear that, but unfortunately, he needed to hear it. And he was out of gas. Yeah, and 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 Bianam, you see, that shows you the confidence that Doug Peterson had. Doug Peterson was a guy that um was battling with the front office, and he still felt comfortable in the fact that he that Bianami could have been the OC. Flex says McCoy's the best running back in franchise history. Better than Wilbert Montgomery. You think he's better than Westbrook? Probably. Probably. Um, let me see here. Who just said this? Jeremiah says the Colts haven't won a thing under Frank. Well, they've won more than you since he's left. Since he's left Philly, he's won more than you. That's a fact. Okay? You could say all you want that, Jeremiah. The Colts have won more football games in a very tough AFC than what you've won in a very weak NFC. Okay? Westbrook... Not only, Chris, was Westbrook clutch, but he is a running back that would be so dynamic in today's NFL. He's a phenomenal pass-catching running back. I would say this to you. He was like Mar- he would have Marshall Falk numbers, 1,200 yards rushing, like eight. Um, he'd have like 80 catches, something like that, Okay like 750 yards receiving. He'd be a dynamic player today. He'd be a, Wilbur Montgomery was a spectacular for his size. Chris, for his size, I, I thought he was one of the, one of the tougher running backs that ran in between the tackles for his size and his durability was never questioned. He was a good football player, man. I, I would say this to you, that Wilbur Montgomery is probably your most underrated player that you've had on your football team in the last 45 years. He's probably your most underrated player. Did the Colts win a playoff game under Frank yet? Duggan 18 was a drop away from a championship game two championship games. I'm telling you, bro, flex. I, 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 I keep bringing that up and I know it's a sore spot. Jeffries catches that pass in new Orleans. The whole franchise is set up differently. I thought they were going to another AFC, NFC championship game. And I wouldn't have bet against Foles in that championship game. If they had made it, I think the Eagles man had a two year window 
And when that dude dropped that fourth down pass in New Orleans, I was like this. I even said it to my wife. You're not going to see that team look like this over the next three years. And I was right. I was like, you're you're never going to see that. I mean, I, 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 Chris, Chris says something here. Frank was the reason because he's better at creating schemes. Doug just knows how to run. Oh yeah. But this was Doug wanted Frank. Okay. Doug wanted Frank. And I agree. Frank customizes game plans. That's something a lot of Sirianni does that. Cause Sirianni's from under the, that, Hey guys, why do you think Nick Sirianni's the head football coach of your team? He worked for Frank Reich. There's a reason. I'm not telling you something you don't know, right? Frank has hired Sirianni, has worked with him for the last six years. And he was hired in Philly because of Frank Reich. Said it on my program. Go back. Hey, Xander, I forget which, um, which Frank Reich interview it was. But Frank said it here. He said it on this show. All right, hour three's coming up. Herm Edwards, former Eagle legend and Arizona State Sun Devils head football coach. A lot of turbulence in this year in college football. There is a ton. By the way, Arizona State has been devastated by the transfer portal. I want to get Herm's thoughts on all of this, his thoughts about having played in Philly, all of that. That'll be at 5.30 Eastern time. Please hit the like button. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community, a sports roundup for the locals, and the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake them out. Mama, go. Oh, mama! <laughs> She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back. National Football Show. Final hour of the program. Herd and Edwards will join us at the bottom of the 5.30 hour. And we will talk with the former Eagle legend and current head football coach of the Arizona State Sun Devils. Uh, real quick here on what's going on with those stupid dudes in golf. <laughs> I, I love this live golf league. I am so for chaos. I love chaos, as you can tell. So Brooks Kepka gets $120 million to uh to join the live golf tour it, it, well tuh, why would he do that i'm sorry why would he do what it's the dumbest things that are being said why are the white media guys so angry that these guys are ripping apart a poorly run league in the pga tour and finally getting those guys off their ass to do the right thing, pay caddies, ha- have benefits. You know, the live golf guys want to give benefits, pay caddies, put you up in five-star places, treat their stars like the NFL treats their stars. You put up in nice places, you get benefits. PGA doesn't do that. Plus, if you win something, you have to give a percentage of your winnings to the PGA. It's almost like a shakedown. And now this other league is out there. They're butthurt over it. I think it's beautiful. Somebody, Charles Barkley goes like this. I would kill a relative for $100 million. Funniest line he said yet in years. $120 million. Nobody in their right mind goes, well, for like, you know, the right thing here. I'm going to, Hey, I'll tell you something else. Tiger's going to get pushed on this. Cause you know what the Saudis are going to do. Do you understand something about the Saudis? They have like, like endless money. They have like a well with no bottom with money filled in it. They could pay whatever they want for anybody and buy anybody they want. They buy our government every year okay tiger woods no xander they've already offered him close to a billion i say they're going to come to tiger woods for 1.5 billion dollars and tiger's going to take it who in their right mind would not take that here's 1.5 billion dollars to come and play in my league golf wearing slacks (laughs) i i i don't have one issue with it and did you see the snooty pga 
teaming up with the RNA for the open like this. Look, yes, the uh, live golfers can um, come and play at the 150th U.S. or British Open at St. Andrews. Yes, they could play. <laughs> yeah, because pretty soon, by the time you get to that event, there'll be nobody left that's worth the shit to watch but Rory McIlroy. Because you know what Liv is doing? Liv is picking people off that top 10 list and giving them money that they can't say. They're giving them FU money. Hey, here's $120 million. Brooks Kepka, he's the latest. Here, 120. What do you need? 130? Sure, no problem. They're going to handpick every single one of those top 10 guys until they don't have anybody worth going to those stupid events that nobody watches anyway. They only watch the majors. That's what I watch. Or an event Tiger's in. You lose Tiger, PGA Tour's done. They know that. The Lyft golf people are going to destroy the PGA Tour, and it's great to watch. Watching the league who took advantage of their athletes or their golfers for a hundred years and just assume that they would be loyal for whatever reason. I don't root for the PGA. I don't care about the PGA. I've never. I Jack Nicholas, Tiger Woods, Phil. I watch golfers. I could care less. Like somebody's going, Sills, do you think this is a topic? Yeah, because we're seeing the destruction of a league that's been around for over 100 years in the PGA Tour, and their arrogance is tearing them down. It's great. And you know how they're doing this? They're using the deaths of 9-11 and also the reporter who was murdered by the Saudis as a reason to go after the athletes and the golfers so that they could stain them from taking that. Can you imagine? The media is saying, you taking that Saudi money, okay, is basically backing the 9-11 disaster and the dropping of the buildings. Why our president next week is going over to get on his hands and knees and beg the Saudi prince for oil. They're our third biggest trade partner in our country today. But you're going to try to tell me that if Phil Mickelson or Brooks Kepka take over $100 million, that 9-11 is on their back? Ain't working. All the bullshit lies that these reporters today, especially in the sports media, I ain't buying that. Just like I ain't buying that gas tax. That ain't going to save you in November. And this ain't going to save the PGA Tour. That ain't going to save you. Because Americans are smarter. Right now, we're all in a position to do this. Republicans and Democrats don't like what they're seeing right now and how sports, news, and everything is being covered. Because there's a bunch of bullshitters. We got bullshitters right now in media. And we got bullshitters that run leagues. We got bullshitters now that run government. Americans are too smart for that. We're all rooting for America here. Every American wants gas 
to be less at the pump. Sandra just told me paid a hundred bucks. Kidding me? You don't have to be a Republican or Democrat to know that ain't it. <laughs> that ain't it. I don't give a shit if you've got a clown in the White House. I don't care who you got. You got to get that right. Those shelf stacked, prices under control, inflation under control, and stop lying to us. We see right through you. See right through you. Again, like I said, I don't root for Republican or Democrat. I root for the United States of America. Okay? I root what's best for all of us. Lower gas prices, food prices under control, all of that. That that has nothing to do with a party. Okay? $195 for a Ford Raptor. (laughs) okay 105 every four days in my tank damn edge okay philip you know we used to be in a position philip in this country where you know we had party affiliation i told my daughter this the other day i don't give a shit about being a republican or democrat right now i care about prices Whatever that is, I'm rooting for the person that inspires and I'm rooting for the person and voting for the person that's the best for this country. And when I hear sports media people all hurt over these golfer guys taking money from the Saudi Arabian government, when we buy that oil, when we get this, when we buy that oil next week from the Saudis, that money is going to go right into the golfers' pockets. They're basically going to fund the Live Golf Tour with the money we purchase. Think of that. <laughs> The web of deceit never, never shocks me. Never shocks me, man. I was like this. I'm going, I'm going like, how in the world can, 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 can you, can you fault these guys for, um, for taking that dough? All right. I'm going to reset here in a minute. Don't forget Herm Edwards at the bottom of the hour here. I want to do one more thing because I'm actually hearing a little bit of rumors about Kyrie Irving to the Sixers. One of the comments that he's making now, Kyrie Irving, is that he'd like to play with Embiid or a couple of the other stars, the Lakers. Okay. Kyrie Irving is the worst teammate on the planet, and God would I hate having him as my teammate. Watch this. As talented as that guy is, GT, wait a minute, wait a minute. As talented as he is, okay, you can't trust him. You can't trust him. You can't. 
One day he'll show up to work and he'll go, eh, you know, I'm just not feeling it. I got personal issues. I need to take a month off. I mean, doesn't it shock you that teams still look at him and think that guy's and by the way, maybe it's not shocking because he is spectacular. He is. But he shit the bed in Cleveland. He shit the bed in Boston. He's now alienated everybody in Brooklyn, even Kevin Durant. And you think that's going to change in Philly or Los Angeles or wherever? Kyrie Irving is who he is. But because this league, the NBA, tolerates behavior like that. Look at how James Harden got out of Houston to go to Brooklyn. He was a fat body. He talked shit on the ownership of the Rockets. And he cried his way out of Houston. That's today's NBA. See, the greatest thing about the NFL, (laughs) I got to tell you, the NFL is not, they're not tied to these maniac contracts like the NBA is. You're stuck with Russell Westbrook. You're stuck with Kyrie Irving. You're stuck with Ben Simmons. Look how many, look at that wall deal. How many shitty deals do you see in the NBA? And name me one shitty deal in the NFL. Name me one shitty deal. One shitty deal that a team can't get out of. One. One shitty deal. There is not a bad deal in the NFL because you know why? They have safeguards on those deals. Guy sucks. They cut him. They trade him. They get rid- There's more off-ramps for these NFL general managers to get out of these bad deals. Dude, when, when, when you're Brooklyn and you're Joe Sy, the owner, you're not getting out of that Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving deal. You're tied to that thing like an anchor around your weight. Look at look at the Sixers with James Harden. Look at the James Harden deal. GT, that Cleveland deal is not a bad deal. That's not a bad deal. That's not a bad deal. It's not. And it won't be. It won't be. That is not a bad... I don't care if he... He will not be suspended for a year. He will not be. And it'll go away when he starts playing. And he'll start playing to the Pro Bowl ability. It will not be. Look at your James Harden deal. He's going to opt in at $47 million. That's a shit deal. (laughs) That's a shit deal. Okay? That's a shit deal. That John Wall deal is a shit deal. (laughs) The Anthony Davis deal is almost a shit deal. How about Zion Williams? This guy's played in 33% of his basketball games as an NBA player, and they're going to have to super max him. That's a shit deal. That guy's missed 70% of his games. 
and they're going to have to super max him. <laughs> there are so many dudes. Hey, I don't mind paying the Giannis's, and I don't mind paying the John Morant's or the LeBron James's of the world. John Wall, Ben Simmons, right? They don't have any off ramps to get out of that shit. NFL's got a safeguard. You know what that is? Non-guaranteed contracts. That's what they have. When, when they wanted to get out of that Todd Gurley deal in Los Angeles, they traded him and they prorated the money out. They still owe him money. Do you know they still owe him money in Clay Matthews Jr. in Los Angeles? Because they prorated that deal out. And I felt so smart. Then a fellow so smart. Okay. This is good here. I'm going to be. Big Seals is going to be going on Sirius XM here. Next couple days here. Hang on here. Yeah. And we're going to be doing some TV. I'll keep it posted over on my... um, I'll keep it posted on my um, Twitter page to let you know. By the way, has no bearing on this. Okay. Big sales doesn't do that. Somebody asked me a question. Well, how, how, how much would it be for exclusive rights for you? I went, you can't afford me right now. You can't afford me. <laughs> okay. I liked, I, I like the way it's working right now. John Wall probably was the biggest hospital bill in the league. <laughs> Not more than Ben Simmons. Dude, that NBA, man. They got a ton of crap deals. Ton of them. Ton of them. Yeah. John Wall. What's the last time John Wall played? Two years ago? Kyrie's a weirdo. By the way, I don't hold the, the VAC stuff. I don't hold the VAC stuff against them. Okay? I don't. I hold the city of New York accountable for that. They're stupid rules. That's who I hold. You want to blame the player? I blame New York City for having that dumbass rule. Didn't matter. You could be you could have been vaxxed the te- 10 times. Didn't matter. Michael says, you upgrade the man cave. Edge goes, Sills, I've got an NFL contract for you, Atlanta, with Matt Ryan. They are in cap hell. Not after this year. They've only got one year of it. Same thing the Eagles had a year ago. And then the Eagles ended up getting a first-round draft choice out of it. Um, And they moved the contract. So they had short-term pain. But outside of that, 
They don't have to sit there and do a max deal for four years with James Harden or Kyrie Irving. The Atlanta Falcons have one year of contract that they have to suck up. If you suck up one of these contracts, you're talking four years of max one, what, $47 million a year? Not me. And you're, you're not going to super max Harden, but you know what you are going to do? You're going to pay that guy between 30 and 45, $42 million. He ain't that. But you got to do it. You got no other choice. Uh, Nate, no congratulations yet. We ain't done anything yet. Let's see. Miracle at the Meadowlands. Once Hurts balls out, Sills has to put a Hurts jersey in the man cave. Where would you want me to do that? Where would you want me? What you take the Leroy Solomon thing down here? Okay. Let's see here. Hey, Sills, who has more wins, Philly or Miami? I actually like that. By the way, Herm Edwards is going to join us in a couple minutes. Let's see here. Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins 2022 schedule. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. Patriots. I think they'll beat the Patriots. Ravens, they'll lose that game. Bills, they'll lose that game. Bengals, they'll lose that game. Jets, they'll win that game. Vikings, they'll lose that game. Steelers, they'll win that game. Detroit, they'll win that game. Chicago, they'll win that game. The Browns, they'll win that game. The Texans, they'll win that game. The 49ers. They'll lose that game. The Chargers, they'll lose that game. Buffalo, they'll lose that game. Packers, they'll lose that game. Dolphins, they'll win. Uh, Pat, Patriots, they're going to sweep them. Then the Jets. So, they're 9-8. and eight. Nine wins for the Dolphins this year. And how many wins, how many wins do you have for the, uh, for the Eagles? 13? You guys have 13 wins, right? 13 wins for the Eagles. Is that what you have? 11.
11? Let me see. 11 wins? Eleven to twelve. Wow. Bare minimum eleven. Twelve minimum. Twenty-two and oh, baby. Twenty-two and oh. Who are you playing? What <laughs> where are you playing? Oh, county preseason. I got it. I got nine and eleven. So let's call it ten. Seth thinks you win ten games. Jeremiah says the Eagles win minimum, minimum 11. Wow. Are you guys really rolling it, man, this year? Wow. If that team don't win between – hey, Xander, if that team doesn't win between 10 and 13 games this year, holy shit is going to (laughs) be – holy cow. Big Sills has to open every show with a compliment to Hurts. Okay. You got a deal, dude. You win between 10 and 13 games. I may do my entire show, my entire three hours on my knees. Okay? If everything in clicks, 14 and 3. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. 14 and 3. 12 tops. Sills has to send Hertz flowers and film it. I actually like that. 13 winnable as long as we progress and make strides and not get in our own way. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Take cover, Sills, if they shit the bed. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, showtime. Showtime. What I just walked into, why is Sills gonna be on his knees? Showtime. If 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 they went between 10 and 13, if they went between 10 and 13, I'll do my show on my knees. And I'm gonna tell you something. I now know why Herm Edwards enjoyed playing in front of the Philadelphia Eagle fans, because high expectations. And nobody's going to take anything less than winning a division title. Let's bring in the Arizona State head football coach, Herm Edwards. I'll tell you, coach, these Eagle fans. (laughs) They're the best. They're the best. (laughs) The toughest fan base I've seen in a long time. Well, they're very passionate, you know, and I think the thing you learn when you play there, um, they want you to play hard. They won't accept anything else. Now, you might not win every game, but if you play hard, uh, you know, you, you, you win their favor. Now they want to win and all that, but they, you cannot, you just can't walk out there. They want you to leave it on the grass, which is kind of fun. It is coach. I want to congratulate you here um, on something with your program that I don't think it's enough love that I don't think reporters or anybody really throws at coaches, but your graduation rate is one of the highest that we have seen and you're graduating kids. The one thing that you told me when I first got on your, when you first had you on my show, you said, I want to make an impact in these young men's lives, being football players, but most importantly, I want to send them in communities. And this is just something of some of the stuff that doesn't get enough love, is it, Coach Ted? What you do in preparing these guys for their life. 
Well, that, that's important. And, and I promise every family that uh, when, when recruiting these uh, young men, uh, they come in your office and I, I tell their families this. I said, look, he's going to leave here with a degree. Um, he'll leave here a better man, in, in my opinion. Uh, we'll help him when he stumbles. And um, we're here to win football games. Those are the three things we talk about. And, um, you know, we had 11 players this year um, that signed NFL contracts. I think five or six of them were drafted. All 11 of those guys uh, graduated. So it's important that they understand that football is your vehicle. Don't allow football to use you. You use football as your vehicle. Coach, the transfer portal has been brutal to a lot of programs, <laughs> most notably yours. Just your sense of it's, it's modern-day free agency. Um, it's because you – and again, Coach, it's almost a testament to you too because you recruit great players to your program. Everyone knows this. Just your thoughts on how the transfer portal is being used in college football right now. You, you mentioned um, it's free agency, and I think everyone's trying to figure out how you go about doing that. Uh, I think the student athlete has uh, more power now in his hand in the fact that um, if he doesn't like a certain program or um, may have a better opportunity financially to go somewhere else, um, they're going to take advantage of it. And, and we lost some young men, um, didn't want to leave, but it was just one of those things that um, it, for the best interest of them, uh, they had to leave. But with that being said, uh, we also brought in a bunch of guys too. So, <laughs> you know, your roster changes now. I mean, a third of your roster is going to change. We look, we, we brought in 25 guys that are either portal players, uh, grad transfers, or JC guys. And I think what happens the triple, you know, the triple down effect is going to hurt high school players because if you're a program that you lose a bunch of guys, in which we did last year, and we had anticipated this, contract. Well, how do you replace those guys? You can't replace those guys with all freshmen because you're still trying to win. And so now you go into this portal world. Here's out of that. Coach, let me let me throw this at you here too. You've had turnover in your coaching staff too. Um, mm -hmm. Is that going to be a huge challenge for you this year? Well, it's ironic, and, and I, I learned this my first year. I've never had a coaching staff, for the most part, not lose a coach every year, two or three. Okay. Hey, 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 coach, you're covering your mic with your. Oh, your I'm with sorry. Your okay now. I'm okay now. Yep, you're okay. Go ahead, yeah, coach. Yeah, Could yeah. you repeat that, please? Well, it, it, it's it's kind of like. Um, you know, in pro football, guys are, are, are tied into contracts. In college football, if a guy can advance and go somewhere else, then rightly so, they do that. And I think this is why you have to have a good system of young GAs that come into your program that when a guy leaves, you're training him to be a coach, right? I mean, that's what you got to do. Coach, let me throw this at you now, too. Um, it has changed so much, hasn't it, recruiting? Just in your time, I mean, the traditional recruiting, bringing a kid in, promising him an opportunity to play, giving him an education, 
giving him the ability to maybe play in the NFL. Now it just seems to me you have to re-recruit guys every year, your own guys, and now you have this nil law that's now out there too that's also making it so free agency, highest bidder. Your take on this nil stuff, are you a fan of it? Are you not a fan of it? And how tough has recruiting been? You know, it really hadn't been tough for us. I think we have a plan. We had a plan going in, knowing that we were going to have to get um, older players in our program, uh, the, a la the grad transfer or the portal player. And um, I just think you have to understand that you have to be able to adjust. I've always said this, just like in a football game, a plan that can't be changed is a bad plan. So how do you adjust? And you don't get mad. You don't holler. You don't shout. And you know me long enough. I mean, I don't panic. I just stay calm and say, look, we lose this guy. There's three other guys out here. Let's, let's, let's take a run at one of these three guys and, and bring them in and, and let them look at our program. Let them look at the men in the building that are coaching. Because all these guys want to go to where? The National Football League. We know that, right? When you can get 11 guys on your team to sign NFL contracts and five of them being drafted, that says something. That gives you a, that gives you a big-time chip. And when you walk around the building and you see all this NFL experience, coaches that are coaching them, they go, oh, okay, well, coach, I see it. So that helps you. Coach, I'll tell you a couple last questions for you here. I, I, I love what I was reading before I got you on. Not a lot of expectations at Arizona State this year. Coming <laughs> off an 8-5 and five season, this and that. And I went like this. I know what coach is going to tell me, but I'm going to tell you what my coach, Jimmy Johnson, used to tell me. <sighs> good, 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 good. <laughs> hey, when you get on the field, hammer them. <laughs> hey, and I'm thinking to myself, yeah, you know, we don't have a lot of expectations. Jimmy used to always tell us this. Hey, under promise, over deliver. And – is that the message this year for your Sun Devil team? Well, I think, you know, for us, it's, it's, there's a perception and then there's reality. We don't live in perception. We live in reality. And I think the players that we've acquired and the players that are coming back understand we have a lot of talent on this team. We really do. And I think the key for us now is to put it all together and let them play together. They haven't played together. You know, that, that's, the, that's the thing that makes you nervous as a coach. How do we get them to play together? How do we get them going? You know, we play three games out of conference early, which will help us. But I'm excited about our, our players. I really am. And I don't say that just because I'm the head coach and say, well, you're supposed to say that. That's just me. I, I just – I've never gone into a season thinking I can't win. <laughs> I, just, I, don't, I don't operate that way. I, I really don't. As long as you can, I get to play with 11, I got a shot. Two last questions, Coach. Do you think college football is in a good place now? I think college football is going to change. And uh, as much as a lot of people may not like that, uh, I, I just think that's the way it's headed. Uh, I think four or five years from now, it'll settle in and we'll figure out what that looks like. I, I do believe this. The student athlete now has more power. He can make decisions on his future. He has, he has better, he can make choices, right? And if he doesn't like his first choice, guess what? He gets an opportunity to make another one. And so I think a lot of people struggle with that, right? And, and you know what, though? Hey, embrace it and say, this is the deal. You're going to have to recruit your players every year, even the guys you have on your team. And if they're a good player and he's a freshman, there are going to be people that come after him. And you better understand that. We lost a, a, a what? Our linebacker from 
from, from Philadelphia, of all places, right? <laughs> the Philly kid, great player, great family. And, you know, and we lost him. He made All-American his first year, and he's no longer in the program. And, you know, he, he, he came in my office, and he's, you know, almost crying. I say, hey, look, you got to do what's best for you and your family. And that's what I told him. Coach, I'll tell you, man, what I love about you is you don't look at the roadblocks. You know, you look how to get around the roadblocks and go through the roadblocks because roadblocks are going to be in life and they're going to be in your your college career, your professional career, if you're lucky. Most coaches let those roadblocks get in the way of success. And if those, you know there's going to be speed bumps. And if you don't know that, you're not prepared in life. You know, that, you know that, that's what life's about. It's about how do you handle all that? And I think when you have a personality and your team takes on your personality, they get it. All my players ask me every day when I show up and I walk in the building, they say, coach, are you good? And I look at them and smile and say, coach, is good. They say, coach, and we're all right. As long as you're good, coach, we're good. That, that's a wonderful feeling to have. Final question for you, coach. Pac-12, do you think it's in a good place? I do. I, I think it's competitive, very, very competitive in this conference you know it'll be interesting we have a new commissioner he thinks outside the box he's an mgm guy and it's more about entertainment and getting the conference in front of eyeballs and television sets which means viewers and i love that direction i do too i just think he thinks outside the box he has an opinion about things um he wants information uh i, I just think uh he's in a place and, and they're in a place now Merton Hanks was working alongside with him as well. Um, that I think going forward, uh, the conference is in good hands. Coach, I root for you every year. Um, I think you have one of the great historical programs in the old Pac-8, Pac-12. Yeah. Um, I just think um, I just absolutely love who you are, what you are, what you represent, and nothing but great success. We'll catch up again. Thank you so much, Coach. I really appreciate this. Thank you, my brother. Congratulations. I love that. I, I love that Tampa Bay orange. I was there when we had the orange, man. Hey, check it out. So Leroy gave me this. Yes. To Dan, best always. Is he not one of the nicest people you've ever met in your life? Ever when, met. Leroy Salmon. Unbelievable. And, and you know, and when we first got down there with Tony, as you know, he was one of the first guys that showed up in the building, boy, and, and, and wished us much success. But that's the old orange now. My, my wife loves that orange now, by the way. <laughs> my, my, hey, when I got drafted, my, my, my Buccaneer draft helmet, and Jimmy Johnson gave me every one of them footballs back there, too. So I got some stuff. My wife, my wife lets me have my own man cave, Coach. That's yeah, it. We, Other we, than we that, have to have that, I can't have it anywhere else. It's coach, okay. thank you, my friend. I love you, brother. Congratulations. I love you, too, Coach, so much. Great success to Herm Edwards. Absolutely one of the finest people I know. You want to send your kids somewhere? You send them to Herm Edwards. Folks, real quick, Morgan & Morgan, where the fee is free. If you are hurt or injured on the job, fighting an attorney is one of the most important things that you can possibly do. For the people, it's not a slogan. It's who they are. It's what they have been for the last 30 years. With over 800 attorneys and offices in Philly, New York, and in Florida, there is no attorney firm that is going to do battle for you that's bigger than Morgan & Morgan. For the people, that's what they are again. And they'll make sure they get you and your family the fair compensation. Call them at 800-512-1600. That's 800-512-1600. Look, 
I tell you this, the consultation and the call are free, but that's part of it because once they go to battle for you, you got a partner for life here. Again, open seven days a week, 24 hours a day, 800-512-1600. And when you call Morgan & Morgan, do me a favor, tell them Big Sill sent you. I'm John Morgan of Morgan & Morgan. When you're hit from behind in a car crash, the insurance company may try to say, you can't possibly be hurt. It was only a few miles an hour. It's simply not true. You see, here's the thing. Getting hit at 10 miles per hour is like falling off of this. 15 miles per hour, like this. And only 25 miles per hour, this. Injured, dial pound law. There's only one Morgan & Morgan. with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community, a sports roundup for the locals, and the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, I go to left. Fake them up. Mama, go up, mama. She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Hi, this is Dan Filio. Yeah, and I'm scheduling um, a conference call on when I'll be doing my show on Sirius. Uh-huh. What am I talking about? 
Jalen Hurts. Hello? Hello? <laughs> Hello? How come? Hello? They hung up on me. <laughs> what the hell happened? They, they, they scheduled me to do a two-hour show on Sirius, and they asked me what I'd be talking about. I said Jalen Hurts, and they hung up on me. Hold on a minute here. Yeah, hi, is Kyle there? Kyle, hi. Yeah, this is Dan Sullio. I think maybe we had a misconnection there. Yeah, so you want me to do a two-hour show in Sirius? Okay, yeah, sure. Mike set it up. Okay. My topic's Jalen Hurts. He hung up again. <laughs> what? What the hell? Jesus criminy. Well, I guess that topic's not going to go over well. Jesus criminy, man. Yeah, I guess that topic only works one place. Understood. Understood. You know, and, and by the way, I got to tell you guys something. This time of the show, every single day, my boy aggravates me because he watches the show. Tyler's watching the show right now. He does. And he, he's like, how come they don't like me? Oh, I go, it's not that they don't like you. But you see, they're loyal to the soil in Philly. So they want to give their boy a shot. He goes, well, what does that mean for me? I go, take it from Big Sills. Week seven. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> He goes, do, do, do you want me to come on now? No. See, Xander wants you on. I do not. Because I can get the kid on once a week if I wanted. Hmm. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I got an idea. The Tyler Van Dyke segment every Tuesday during the four thirty Eastern. I got to clear it with Mario. And I got to clear it with the PR department. And I got an idea. I'll have Morgan and Morgan sponsor it. So that I can pay the kid. So he'll come on. Or I'll get quarter deck to do it. And have, hey. And after every shitty, I mean, after every Jalen Hurts game, he's on Tuesday. <laughs> And he's throwing for 450 yards versus Wake Forest. Xander, you like that idea every Tuesday at 430 Eastern? Hmm. 
the Tyler Van Dyke hour. I can't do an hour. Could do about 20 minutes, though. X's and O's with Tyler. (laughs) Hang on. Dear Tyler, we're going to have a segment. Let's see, Tyler. Tyler. Yeah, let's do TVD here. Yeah. Every, every Tuesday, 4.30, Tyler Van Dyke, I'm working on it. I don't know. I I don't know. I think that kind of kills what I'm trying to do here. GT goes, why do you talk up other quarterbacks but not talk up Hurts? Because I can only go so high with Jalen. And... He, I, I, I'm just talking about a guy who's going to go in the top 15 picks next year. Could go higher. That's all. You see, Tyler's an, actually a quarterback who throws the ball. And that's what I said to Xander. And Xander even said this, man. I want me one of those. Well, I'm trying to get you one of those. See, GT, Tyler, I know you're watching. This is why it's week seven. I think we're going to stick to the normal plan here. And we're going to go week seven. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Two words. Will Levis, Daz, he's going to be the first or second pick. You ain't going there, homie. He never played an NFL snap, and you're talking him up. Don't doubt Howie. That's Xander. Oh, my God. Xander's now under the influence of Howie Berger. (laughs) He's under the influence now. Okay, hey, I'm going to have Xander drug tested because I believe that he's under the influence of Oxy Howie. Okay, he's taken way too many Oxy Howies. Howie burger delivering good for Jacob. This guy's eating way too many Howie burgers. <laughs> Big Sills deserves an Oscar. No, no. no. Oscar, I don't you 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 give me way too much credit. Gotta try that one more time though. Kyle. Serious. There he is. Sports grit. Okay. Kyle. Hey man. 
Jalen Hurts. I don't think I'm doing a show on Sirius if I'm talking Jalen Hurts. Oh, I got to talk something else. <laughs> oh, man. Howie's the goat. Yeah, you guys have been eating too much Howie burgers. Yeah, you guys are eating too many Howie burgers and Oxy Howie's. Xander's all over Oxy Howie's. Okay. I mean, you should you should see some of the comments he's saying there. This guy takes three Oxy Howie's a day. And he, his dinner's Oxy, I mean, his, his dinner is Howie burgers. <laughs> Everybody in Philly's eating the, the Howie burger. <laughs> in Howie we trust. Hurts, keep my name out of your mouth. <laughs> Um, (laughs) hey (laughs) hey wait a minute here man let me have some oxy howies i need (laughs) i need some oxy howies yeah let me give me where's the oxy howies holy cow everyone took them (laughs) everyone in philly's taking them everybody's under the influence of oxy howies now gonna have to get the food and drug administration into philadelphia man check all eagle fans what happened to this eagle fan well dude this guy needs rehab man why he's under the influence of oxy howie's so you know what a burger the, the the howie burger too man these joints are popping up everywhere like in and out burger all over the joint man they look like carl jr's all over the uh the jersey turnpike hey did you see the new one up on the Jersey Turnpike off the Lombardi exit? Yeah, they got a they got a Howie burger there. <laughs> uh, the Oxy Howies, man. I'll tell you. Everybody in Philly's under the influence right now. Randall just goes, I got my order of Oxy Howies. Very contagious and careful. I I'm seriously, they're definitely contagious. After one draft, trust me, after one draft. These Oxy Howies, I, I, I think that they have addicted just about every Eagle fan there is in the city. It's remarkable. Hey, screw the Chinese sending us over our drugs and such. These Oxy Howies, they're not even made by the Chinese. They're made over at the Novacare Center. All, all whipped up by Bob Lang and all them guys over at the PR department. Oxy Howies. Chris is like, what are we doing at punter? Howie will have that covered. Don't worry. If not, you'll be eating some Oxy Howie's and he'll get you hooked up. Hey, just what I understand about one thing though, you can only have three bears on the Oxy Howie's because they'll make you have projectile vomiting. Okay. You'll have projectile vomiting if you take too many of the Oxy Howies. <laughs> churn it. What are you talking about churning it? I don't churn anything except my Oxy Howies. See, I refuse to take them, though. Okay? It's like body snatchers. I'm not going to go to sleep during the season. I can't. Because if I go to sleep, the Oxy Howies will infiltrate my body. And I'll have an out-of-body experience 
And before you know it, I'll be somebody else. I'm not. And you know who I'll sound like? Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll sound like somebody that's on WIP. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, everybody's under the Oxy Howie's now. Oxy Howie's. It's all good, man. Just remember, don't take more than three every six hours because you won't remember when you woke up if your team wins nine games. <laughs> oh, my God. Remember, be careful out there. Don't overindulge in Howie Burgers and Oxy Howie's. Just remember that. All right, guys, please hit the like button. Had a lot of fun today, man. I love talking to Herm Edwards. Hey, guess who's going to jump on the show tomorrow? Barrett Brooks. We're going to have Barrett on tomorrow. We're going to kick it around a little bit as we get ready for training camp. Just four weeks and a little change out from going to training camp. Please hit the like button. We'll catch you tomorrow going three to six. Keep it right here on Jacob Media, and we'll see you on the flip side. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.